Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Welcome to Jesus 911. I'm your host, Paul Clay. And today our co-host will be Richard O'Bannon, none other than the famous Richard O'Bannon. We'll learn a little bit about Richard. Uh, he's someone who's very special to us here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Uh, he's been uh, a valuable friend, a great resource of information, and has supported the ministry behind the scenes. See, everybody that uh, supports the ministry behind the scenes a lot, sometimes they go unnoticed, but... Uh, Richard, yeah, he's one of those kind of guys that does it all in so many ways, and in some instances, ways only known to God. Um, so right now, uh, today, it is June the 20th, 2022, uh, in the year of our Lord. That is to say, Anno Domini, right? We, uh, we don't have any problem with recognizing that since the birth of our Lord, uh, that's how we track our time. Anyway, uh, I wanted to get Richard's thoughts on the men's conference that took place this week, uh, this weekend. And I heard it was a great success. Unfortunately, I was unable to make it. But uh, uh, Jesse was supposed to be one of the main speakers uh, I hope everybody has continued to lift him up in prayer. He's, he's had some challenges recently, but uh, God is good uh, all the time. And all the time, God is good. Um, several weeks ago, Jesse and I started a series, uh, and it was on the revolution in the Catholic Church. And Jesse thought it was important to... Uh, uh, there's an article, and it was written by a gentleman named Brian Miles, and it's nothing short of brilliant. It really is. Uh, the, he, he's brilliant the way he just laid out the case for the infiltration that's uh, taking place in the church, and it brings uh, awareness to the spiritual battle that's going on all around us, and that battle uh, can be fierce, and, and it is definitely directed at our beloved church, the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ. So the article was uh, written several years ago. I think it was 2015 by Brian. And you can find the article on 1 Peter 5 website uh, if you'd like to study it further. And if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it will also be on the website of Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Um, let's see. Today, I'm hoping to be in a two-man car. Uh, Richard is uh, going to be joining. <laughs> okay, no problem. So we're going to go ahead and start reading this article because it's, uh, uh, again, it's the second uh, part of a three-part essay written by Brian, but we'll start out right now. <clears throat> In search of the foot soldiers of the Alta Vendita, we arrive at our second point, and the work of His Excellency Rudolf Graber, the late Bishop of Regensburg, appointed to his see in 1962 by Saint 
John XXIII, Bishop Grabber, would later serve as council father and in 1977 acted as the principal consecrator in Joseph Ratzinger's elevation to the episcopacy. A prolific theologian whose works were widely disseminated throughout the world, we turn today to the English edition of his 1974 volume, Anastasius, uh, oh, oh, excuse me one second. Athanasius and the Church of Our Time. In the fifth chapter of, his, of this text, we meet Father Paul Roca, 1830 to 1893, ordained in 1858 in the Diocese of Perpign Perpignan, France, he was made an honorary canon in 1868. From there, he taught and traveled extensively abroad until he eventually ran afoul of Rome on account of his penchant of distributing occult propaganda among the youth. A known author of Freemasonic literature, Rocca was ultimately excommunicated for his heretical teaching, but he regrettably never recanted. Instead, he continued promoting the doctrine of the Alta Vendita, speaking about a new enlightened church influenced by, social, by the socialism of Jesus and the apostles. And for Rocha, this meant a church that might not be able to retain anything of scholastic doctrine and the original form of the former church. On the contrary, just before the turn of the 20th century, Roca predicted the following. The divine cult in the form directed by the liturgy, ceremonial, ritual, and regulations of the Roman church will shortly undergo a transformation at an ecumenical council, which will restore it to the uh, veritable simplicity of the golden age of the apostles in accordance with the dictates of conscience and modern civilization. Well, uh, you know, my thoughts on that, um, you can see right now that this man predicted that change would take place and that, that this change, this, this revolution, if you will, would take place at a, at, at a council. And, at, you know, hindsight, looking back, uh, we see the, you know, Vatican II, the council there. Uh, for some, you know, I mean, we understand that it was a pastoral council, but we see the radical changes that have taken place in our church. And, and it just causes us to wonder, uh, you know, how he was able to um, predict that this would happen and that this change would happen in our church. Restoration, simplicity, apostolic renaissance. Adoption to modern times, dictates of conscience. Has an ecumenical council ever taken up such themes? Wow, this is this is amazing. Um, listen, um, these themes that uh, that are, were being propagated and put forth at Vatican II. Uh, these are the very things that we're dealing with right now today. And it's important 
for you know us as Christians, particularly us men who are out there listening. We have to be aware of the battle that is taking place. And we have to understand, just like Mother Church has always taught, that this is church militant. We are in a war. We are in a battle. And it's important that we understand exactly what's going on and how to how to combat uh, how to fight in this fight, how how we can truly be uh, part of the solution and not part of the problem. Uh, even in I uh, I'm sorry I uh, being in the control room you end up with problems and they usually yeah. pop up just before the show begins and that's what happened today and we are all online and all set and of course I'm left unprepared myself so um, oh I, basically you know in talking about what you're saying let's face it where is the perfect place for the devil to attack it's the church amen it, indeed it is because you, you the devil can attack each of us individually and 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 convince one person to go to hell yeah he go yeah. he if he attacks the church he attacks his priests yeah well no richard you know many people don't realize the importance of the church and the importance of holy of holy mass Absolutely. uh you know we live in a day and age where um, uh, everything sacred, everything holy is being attacked. And it's being attacked for a reason. It's because through the mass, through the, you know, the sacrifice of Christ being represented to us here and now, to the faithful, that is where we draw our power from. And that is where we are able to... Um, uh, you know, as part of uh, the mystical body of Christ to accomplish what Christ has sent us out to do. You know, we can't do it on our own, Richard. You agree, disagree? Absolutely agree. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, continuing on in the article, um, we see that even in hindsight, one could hardly concoct a more precise litany of ideas that animated Vatican II. Thus, if St. John Twenty-Third announced the council to a stunned silence, we can safely assume, at least for those prelates of Rocha's ilk, that this silence had more to do with satisfaction than shock. But what should not be shocking to anyone who calls himself Catholic, is the idea that Freemasonry should ever gain such influence in the church, which leads us to our third point and the approved apparitions of Our Lady of Good Success. Beginning in the 1500s, a Spanish conceptionist nun, Mother Mariana de Jesus Torres. I hear the radio uh, commercial coming on. We'll get back to this on the other side of the commercial. We're talking about infiltration in the church. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Welcome back to Jesus 911. I'm your host, Paul Clay, and we are here today in our second uh, article on the infiltration in the church. Uh, Jess and I started this article uh, several weeks ago, but uh, several things came up and we were uh, unable to continue in it. Today, I'm here with my uh, co-host, Richard O'Bannon. Richard, uh, we had a little bit of a rough start today, technical problems, no doubt. Uh, it seems like every time, uh, you know, uh, we get ready to go on the air, we're being uh, attacked in some way, shape or form. And I'm going to attribute it to nothing less than the fact that the devil, who is the prince and power of the heirs, does not want to uh, allow uh, his plans to be revealed about what's going on in the world. And so hopefully, uh, if you're out there listening, we're trying to put some pieces together. We're trying to connect some dots using this article as to the the you know, the, the strange place we find ourselves to be in, in our church today and what's going on and the things that we're hearing. So um, uh, earlier at the beginning, I wanted to get a little bit of feedback since I wasn't able to uh, attend the men's conference. Uh, Richard was able to attend, Richard. So would you say, Richard, it was a great success? I think it was very much of a success. Uh, our speakers, Johnny Romero is He's just fantastic. It's so dynamic. And what he did was he prepared by by using Jesse's notes. But if you know anything about Johnny, uh, he's well qualified uh, to to do this on his own. Uh, And and he did. He had added his own nuances to to everything that was there. And, I mean, this whole conference is is geared towards bringing men together to God, yes. to, to telling them, to, to informing them of the of their role in the family as yes. the family. It, it, it was fantastic. Wow, nice, nice. Again, I wish I would have been able to attend, but, uh, you know, with those Romero brothers, I, I would venture to say that God has given them and poured out an extra measure of grace and has gifted them in order to, for a time such as this, Richard, because uh, we we are in volatile times, and it is important to build up the body of Christ. The Bible says that uh, you know we need to build one another up in the faith, and it's unfortunate, but uh, a lot of uh, there a lot of that building up is not taking place in in the very place where we should be getting built up, and that is in our home, which is in in the church. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of good work being done out there, but uh, we just happen to be living in a time that is, um, I would say, unique. Uh, Our Lord talked about, uh, you know, a lot of people think that we're close to the second coming of Christ. I don't know if we are or not, but I know one thing. The Lord did ask the question, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? And that's Richard, that that's that's telling when it when it comes to the church as far as uh, you know what's you know he's ta- faith is found in the church and so that's our Lord telling us that the church is not going to be in a good state at that particular time and we've been warned and uh, so continuing in the article I don't know are you are, do you have the article in I front do. of you Richard I do okay so take us from here 
Okay, I'll just back up just a little bit from where, where you were. It says, okay. which leads us to our third point and the approved apparitions of Our Lady of Good Success. Beginning in the late 1500s, a Spanish conceptionist nun, Mother Mariana de Jesus Torres, began receiving visitations from the Mother of God at her convent in Quito, Ecuador. Complete with the commissioning of a miraculous statue added to a multitude of prophecies which have since come to pass, the Blessed Virgin spoke particularly about the pernicious activities of Masonic texts that would erupt in the 19th and 20th centuries. What is of special importance for our purposes is the fact that Freemasonry was not even founded until 1717 in London, England. That we should find such an exact descriptor over a century in advance on the opposite side of the world is by itself a testament to the prophetic nature of these startling revelations. Wow, you know, just on that alone, uh, it seems that, you know, uh, the the author here has to almost explain himself because there's a lot of people I call them deniers you know <laughs> that would say oh this is this stuff is in the realm of uh, conspiracy theories but no it's not he's he's bringing out the fact that our blessed mother appeared and hundreds of years before talked about these very things that we're experiencing right now. Um, Right now in the church, giving credence to the fact that uh, this stuff uh, should not take any of us by surprise, Richard. Nothing by surprise because God tells us beforehand. Why? Because he loves us and he wants to make sure that we are prepared, that we don't lose heart, that the faithful remnant continues to, uh, to hold on to the promises of God. That's correct. You know, uh, when you're talking about that, we have a tendency and looking around at what's going on in the church to lose hope. Yes. We forget that, that Jesus says the gates of hell shall not prevail. Preach it, brother. There's going to be, <laughs> there, there is going to be bad times. There are plenty of bad times. There are plenty of bad circumstances. But what are we asked to do? We're asked to be faithful. Yes. We're asked yeah. to follow his church. Yes. All of the other stuff, God will take care of. We don't have to worry about that. Things look terrible. Oh, my gosh. You know, go to Mass. Yeah. You know, that's, that's exactly right, because uh, in my life, Richard, the Mass is what brings me peace. It brings me, you know, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter how, you know, up or down I might be, when you go to Mass, it just seems to bring everything in sync. And just uh, the reality, the fact that God is on the throne. Uh, he is here, ready, willing, and able to meet us every single day. And so, uh, you know, if, 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 if life seems like it's, it's over, you know, too much, if you're on that edge, just remember, all you need to go is go to the church, visit Jesus, who's present in the tabernacle, and receive him in holy communion. That, 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 that's my recipe, Richard, for uh, bringing about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I tell you, 
one other thing I wanted to touch on that you were speaking about earlier, and with the the family, the father, the head of the 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 household, yes. the domestic church, and that's where your belief, that's where yes. your children's belief is really it's formed right there. Yes, foundational. So much. Uh, we get to church. What do our children believe? They don't even believe in the real presence. Yeah. They can and go on first. They can go to mass, but unless we've laid that foundation. Yes. How, how will they know? How will they know? You, you, okay. can't, you cannot, you cannot leave it to somebody else. You, you have to know your faith. You have to study it. You have to know what you believe and why you believe it. Yes. To be able yes. to pass that on to your children so that they too can believe. Absolutely. And and everybody knows today that there are different agendas that are being pushed, being shoved down our throats by the secular world all around us. And if we don't um, spend the time to try to teach our children the truth about God, then they have nothing to draw from and they will just be continually beat down by, uh, like sacred scripture tells us, the enemies of the Christian are threefold, the world. And it is that world that is, I, I always say it, Richard, it, it just militates against everything holy, everything sacred and beats down on us until it brings us into conformity. And unfortunately, there are many today, even many within our church who have basically, you know, said uncle <laughs> to the world and, uh, you know, have basically, uh, you know, are, are, are conforming to the image of the world rather than to Christ. Absolutely. Uh, you Can, know, uh, go ahead, Richard. We, we lose hope. Again, we can't yeah. lose hope. We can't look. You know what? Man is a fallen creature. And as long as man is on earth, we're going to have problems. Yes. We're, we're not going to have the perfect church here. On That's earth. right. That's and, right. And, and we have to look beyond that. Right. It's, it's our failure to trust Jesus. Right. You know, every once in a while, my wife will point out flaws in me and I say, yeah, pray for me. You know, uh, listen, pray for me, because if God waited for us to be perfect, uh, you know, uh, we none of us would ever be used. Right? right. So God, God meets us where we're at. The only thing, the only criteria is that we be willing, that we have a contrite heart. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh uh, sacrifice and offering I have not desired, but a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise, says the Lord. Continuing in the article, Richard, thus I make it known to you that from the end of the 19th century and shortly after the middle of the 20th century, the passions will erupt and there will be a total corruption of morals. You think? <laughs> For Satan will reign almost completely through the Masonic sex. They will focus principally on the children in order to sustain this general corruption. Woe to the children of these times. It will be difficult to receive the sacrament of baptism and the sacrament of confirmation. Isn't it? Isn't that so, Richard? Absolutely it is. Yeah. They will receive the sacrament of confession only if they remain in Catholic schools, for the devil will make a great effort to destroy it through persons in position of authority. The same thing will happen with the sacrament of Holy Communion. Alas, how 
deeply I grieve to manifest to you the many enormous sacrileges, both public as well as secret, that will occur from the, the, the profanation of the Holy Eucharist. And the Eucharist, Richard, is being profaned today in, you know, in so many ways, so many ways. It is. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Do you want to continue on, Richard? My most holy son will see himself cast upon the ground, oh. trampled upon fil- by filthy feet, Often during this epoch, the enemies of Jesus Christ, instigated by the devil, will steal consecrated hosts from churches so they, that they may profane the Eucharistic species. The sacrament, well, okay, let's stop right there. We know that happens with the Satanists. Yes. You know, the Satanists don't go to the Baptist church down the street that, that has communion breads that, that are, are nothing more than bread. Well, I see we're going to break. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, I'll let we'll you pick, wrap it up here. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll pick it up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Jesus 911. I'm your host, Paul Clay. We'll see you on the other side. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Welcome back to Jesus 911. Um, your host today, Paul Clay. I'm in a two-man car with Richard O'Bannon. Uh, today we're discussing the second article in a three-part series of Revolution in Tiara and Cope. It was an article written in 2015 by a gentleman named Brian Miles. Excellent article, and it it just sheds a lot of light on what is going on in our church and has been going on in our church really over the last, uh, I'd say, 150 years. Are you with me, Richard? I am. I am. I, I just wanted to, to finish up on, on where I was yes. going before the break. Um, you know, Satanists— come to catholic churches to steal the holy eucharist yes they don't don't go elsewhere and there's a reason for that because they know that we have the body blood soul and divinity of jesus christ in the holy eucharist you're right they 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 don't go for the 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 fake stuff the the symbolic (laughs) yeah they know exactly who has yeah yeah I think I think I think what Richard is touching on is the fact that uh, uh, the Catholic Church is uh, the church established by Jesus Christ. And the Catholic Church clearly teaches that Jesus Christ is present in the Holy Eucharist, body, blood, soul and divinity Uh, after the Reformation. Well, uh, there were several different theories that were put forth, and uh, the, the the main one that's prevalent within Protestantism today is uh, Jesus is present, but he's only present symbolically, 
that he's not really there, but you know, the, the host, you know, it's just representative of his body. And, uh, you know, we know that nothing can be further from the truth. When you study church history and you see that many Christians have given their lives to bring the Holy Eucharist, the consecrated host to Christians who may have been, you know, uh, on the chopping block, ready to be martyred for their faith. So uh, again, um, as we see the church through history, we see a, a, a certain weakening. And, you know, the first Protestant churches, Richard, uh, they were known as the higher Protestant churches. Some of them uh, at least maintain two sacraments today. And one is with communion and the other one is with baptism. They recognize them as sacraments. Uh, a sacrament, as you know, Richard, is something, um, it, it's a mystery, right? Uh, it's uh it's it, it's originally from the Greek word musterion, uh, Latin sacramentum, right? It's 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 a mystery. It's it, and and we know that the mystery there is it may look like bread, it may you know it may look like wine, but in fact it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Why? Because the Word of God, when He declares something, guess what? It accomplishes what. Is you know when the word declares it, the God accomplishes what He declares. Right, right. And we and because of the mystery, we don't have to understand it. We yes. We we will never be able to understand it. Thank you. The finite can never comprehend the infinite. <laughs> Absolutely. And and to take it on on a, a regular uh, level that we can understand, uh, see that outlet on, on your wall. Uh, what happens if you go stick a uh, metal screwdriver in it with your hand on the other end? Hmm. You don't see electricity, <laughs> but I guarantee you, you know what's going to happen because you know what's there. Yeah. It's invisible. You don't see That's it. Right. You don't understand it. That's you don't know how it works, but yeah. you know the consequences. You, you know that there's power yeah. there. Yes. And it's the Holy Eucharist. You don't need to understand it. It doesn't have to make perfect sense to you because that's it never right. will. That's right. That's right. God is so far beyond us. You know, you reminded me, Richard, when I was sharing the Lord one time with someone and uh, and the person looked at me and he says, I don't believe in nothing I can't see. And I told him, well, then I guess you don't believe in that air you're breathing because air is air is invisible. That's right. <laughs> you know? that's right. Yeah. Yeah. One, so one thing I wanted to say too uh, about uh, belief, uh, my daughter, who she will be forty-two years old this this year, um, mm -hmm. when she made her first Holy Communion, she had like a big sister, and the big sister gave her a card, and it says, "Remember, you're receiving a symbol of Jesus." Mm. And I thought to myself. Mm. Wow, and we we where'd she get that card? <laughs> That's what I want to know. The 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 horrible thing is that she was granddaughter of of the RCIA director mm. at our Catholic school. Mm -hmm. and, and and this is so many years ago, and this is why we have to see that that you know if we fail to do our job, if we don't educate our children. You can't leave it to somebody else. That's right. That is absolutely right. You have to jump in there. And, and that requires, you know, I, I taught baptism classes for, for many years. And it's like, you know, 
you need to know why you're here. You need to know. Well, what, are you baptizing your 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 family because your your children? Why? Why? Yeah, and I tell people, you know what? You know, unfortunately, we have so many in our church that have lost the faith. And they haven't even baptized their children. And I and I just and I, I I was just telling a friend yesterday, I said, listen, you haven't gotten those kids baptized. I said, you need to give them every possible advantage in this world. And what could be more advantageous than to be united, you know, uh, to be brought into the body of Christ, to be uh, brought into friendship with God? You know, I mean, that's that's every advantage that a child needs. And if you deny that to them, you know, truly, then the sins of the parents will be visited on the children. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, I've kind of taken us a little bit yeah. from the from yeah. Masonic uh, uh, subject matter here. But it is it's geared towards children and destroying their faith. Yes. Go ahead, Richard. Continue on. Okay, let's see. Uh, uh, let me get back here. Okay, the sacrament of extreme unction will be little valued. Many people will die without receiving it. I I, I feel very fortunate that, that my own mother, who died 25 years ago, I was able to get to the hospital before she passed and yeah. and, a, and was able to contact a priest who yeah. came down and give, gave her the sacrament. Amen. I'll, let me just do a quick comment on that. Just that alone. Listen, my parents, elderly, were, were very uh, sick with COVID, and I, I flew out to, the, to go take care of them. And I called the local parish and they sent a priest out. And, you know, I told him that I wanted to, uh, you know, the priest to give them the, the sacrament. And um, guess what? He got out there and he acted like he didn't even want to get anywhere close. And he just, you know, said a little blessing and he walked away. Mm. Richard, I was devastated. I, call, I called Jesse up on the phone. I said, Jesse, this just isn't right. I, I, I sit right. He says, call another priest. And I called another priest, Richard, and uh, he was able to give them the sacrament. And it brought such peace to my parents. You know, my mom eventually ended up uh, uh, passing on. My dad is here today. He prays his rosary every day. But, it, you know, it, it, it's almost like the sacrament just just reinvigorated my father's faith. And I'm just so uh, thankful for that. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I got to tell you. Where, where would the church be? I, and I know it's a divine institution, but where would the church be if early on the priest said, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I might get killed. Something yeah. bad might happen to me. I can't do yeah. this." Yeah, uh, yeah. Where's our faith? Yeah, my Bible tells me we're like sheep sent out to the slaughter. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm ready. You know, whatever the Lord has for me. You know, um, I, I know that it's easy to say that. But I just know that in the midst of the testing, in the midst of the trials, God's grace will be sufficient. Uh, uh, You know, we can only endure that type of testing with the by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, why don't you continue on? My my text cuts off here a bit. Okay. Uh, as for the sacrament of matrimony, which symbolizes the union of Christ with his church, it will be attacked and deeply profaned. Freemasonry, which will then be in power, will enact iniquitous laws with the aim of doing away with this sacrament. 
Whew, we've seen that over the last uh, 30, 40, 50 years, uh, making it easy for anyone or, or making it easy for everyone to live in sin and encouraging the procreation of illegitimate children born without the blessing of the church. Added to this will be the effects of secular education, which will be which will be one reason for the death of priestly and religious vocations. The sacrament of holy orders will be ridiculed. Richard, that- How how often do you see parents, if the child has a vocation to the priesthood, how many parents go, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. We can't do that. Yes, yes, and not only that, I get it. You know, uh, because of, uh, sinful men, many of, uh, you know, the priesthood is being ridiculed today, but I tell people, you know, there are so many faithful priests out there still, and we need to pray for them. We need to support for them. Uh, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's a, you know, that's a logical fallacy, right? Uh, so, um, The devil will try to persecute the ministers of the Lord in every possible way. He will labor with cruel and subtle astuteness to deviate them from the spirit of their vocation and will corrupt many of them. These depraved priests who will scandalize the Christian people will make the hatred of bad Catholics and the enemies of the Roman Catholic Church and apostolic church fall upon all priests. Unhappy times will come wherein those who should fearlessly defend the rights of the church will instead, blinded despite the light, give their hand to the church's enemies and do their bidding. This is Jesus 911, and we're talking about what's going on in our beloved Sacred Mother Church. We'll be back on the other side of the break. Jesus, I Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526- Welcome back to Jesus 911. I'm your host, Paul Clay. I'm here with Richard O'Bannon, and we're discussing, um, these are actually prophetic revelations right now that we're reading from our Blessed Mother as to what the church would be faced with in the future. She she made these revelations hundreds of years before the fact. Uh, When we read them, in light of what is going on today, we see that, uh, you know, this should not catch any of us by surprise because uh, the reason why God lays it out beforehand for us is so that we can be prepared and that we might not be scandalized. We can take heart and continue to hold on to the faith that was delivered to the apostles and passed on, even if it's a remnant, Richard even if it's a rem- remnant left. Right, right. Yeah, you know, you were talking about uh, specifically priests uh, in in the last segment here and, and being blinded dis- despite the light. I, I, that, that's what the Blessed Mother was saying, not me. I'm just I, reading I got, it. <laughs> I've got a little story here that, okay. that, that 
touches on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took some training some years ago, um, and uh, that was put on by uh, uh, the diocese. I won't say which one. However, we had a mass at the end, and uh, I don't know who made the bread that was used for consecration. But I do know this. At the end of Mass, we had a large platform. Everybody got around the platform. And after communion, I noticed particles all over Mm. the carpet. Mm. And after Mass, everybody left. And and I sat there, and and I just, I could not leave. Amen. I, 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 I just, I had to do something. So I, I, I went into the, the bathroom, grabbed a, a paper towel, and I picked up every single particle. Praise God, Richard. That I could find. And I went to the priest, and I said, these were all over the carpet after communion. And what the priest told me was, he says, oh, those were never meant to be consecrated. Hmm. Really? These particles mm. that fell off the consecrated bread were never meant to be, you know. Uh, no. What does that even mean, I, I Richard? I didn't say anything to him, but, but I'm thinking, well, what should I do with them, Father? He said, mm-hmm. we, he said, you should reverently dispose of them. And I'm thinking in my own head, why? If they're never meant to be consecrated and it's just bread, why don't I just throw it in the trash? Mm-hmm. Why on earth would I reverently dispose of breadcrumbs? Yeah, but I don't even understand that 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 statement. They were never meant to be consecrated. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> they were consecrated, and as far as I'm concerned, I would have consumed them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I didn't want to take that upon myself. What I here's what I did. I took. The particles, I, I, I wrapped them up and I put kept them on my person and I went straight to a priest 50 miles away from, from mm-hmm. where that was. And, and I gave them to him to yes. properly uh, uh, take care of. Yeah. Yes. But, that was what a good thing to do, Richard. What a, what a pious thing to do. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but, 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 you know, how, how could I, how could anybody just leave the blessed sacrament on the uh, on the floor like that. I, I don't understand. Well, you understand. You understand that uh, people today are not being taught uh, the sacred mystery, what goes on in the in holy communion, and because of that, now you know you see um, sacrileges like that, uh, and the, and un- it's unfortunate, Richard, but that happens many, many, many times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So continuing on uh, with the article, these depraved priests who will scandalize the Christian people will make the hatred of bad Catholics and the enemies of the Roman Catholic Church and Apostolic Church fall upon all priests. Unhappy times will come wherein those who should fearlessly defend the rights of the church will instead, blinded despite the light, give their hand to the church's enemies and do their bidding. But when evil seems triumphant and when authority abuses its power, committing all manner of injustice and oppressing the weak, their ruin shall be near. Whoa, praise God. 
they will fall and crash to the ground. And that is what Our Lady said. Uh, that is what we can hope for, uh, Richard. And we, and we do hope for that because we know in the end, uh, thy kingdom come. It will come. Mm -hmm. We will, you know, the kingdom of God uh, uh, will 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 come to full uh, glory. And at that point, uh, I know that sacred scripture says, "You will look for the wicked man, and you will not find him, for he will be scarcer than pure gold." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Richard. Continue okay. on. That's all sac seven sacraments. In case you weren't counting. And all according to Our Lady's prophecy, wasting away under the withering influence of the devil reigning in the church through Masonic sects. It reads like a narrative description of our times. And here we have explicit references to a mode of liturgical life which lends itself to the Holy Eucharist being trampled underfoot. Okay, I lose my text here. Okay. Considering the manner in which the Mass was celebrated in the 1600s, who could imagine such a thing without also imagining some corresponding degradation in the character of the liturgy? And note also the parallels with the instruction targeting the youth, infiltrating schools, and corrupting morals. If the Masons laid out their strategy for destruction, the Blessed Virgin described its rotten fruit in morbid detail. Is it any wonder that Pope Leo XIII had this to say about Freemasonry in 1884, in his 1884 encyclical? So uh, it's amazing to me that, you know, these things were written so long ago. Uh, uh, Humanum Genus, okay. The race of men after its miserable fall from God, the creator, and the giver of heavenly gifts through the envy of the devil separated into two diverse and opposite parts of which the one steadfastly contends for truth and virtue, the other of those things which are contrary to virtue and truth. The one is the kingdom of God on earth, namely the true church of Jesus Christ. The other is the kingdom of Satan. At every period of time, each has been in conflict with the other and with a variety and multiplicity of weapons and of warfare, although not always with equal ardor and assault. As at this period, however, the partisans of evil seems to be combining together and to be struggling with united vehemence led on all on led on or assisted by that strongly organized and widespread association called freemasons let's just stop right there for a second richard uh, again we see that the enemies of christianity the enemies of the church are in fact organized they are organized uh, and they have in symphony decided to uh, attempt to destroy what Jesus Christ has created. Jesus Christ came and he founded a church. He didn't just say, you know, uh, you know, my followers are going to um, write a Bible and, you know, you follow that Bible. The as, as I've said before on this broadcast, the Bible, the natural habitat for the Holy Bible, for sacred scripture, 
is the church, the church founded by Jesus Christ, the church that Jesus said that if I go, it will be to your advantage for I will send you the paraclete, the helper. He will guide you in all truth. Now, Jesus Christ did send that Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, and the Holy Spirit fell upon Mary and the apostles at Pentecost. In the upper room, the Holy Spirit came upon them, gave them the power from God to accomplish and to uh, uh, equip us to, so that we can participate in the ministry of Christ. And what is that ministry, Richard? We know that the ministry of Christ is that I came that they might have life. He said, I came to save that which was lost. And that's what Jesus is. That's his ministry. And if you're a follower of Christ today, we have to be burdened for the ministry of Christ. You don't have to be have any special gift of evangelism. All you have to do is love. The Bible says love. Love is the greatest gift. Love covers a multitude of sins, Richard. And as we begin to love, first and foremost, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love your family. This love of Christ is what we need. What the world needs now, Richard, is love, sweet love. Absolutely. I, you know, Paul, I'd like to make one point. Yes. When you were talking about humanum genus, people need to realize with encyclicals, church documents, yeah. this is not something that, this is from, from 1884. Mm-hmm. We don't look at documents and say, well, pff, that's old stuff. What's the, what's the latest encyclical? It's not something that changes. All of these are added. Yes. You can go to any encyclical. You can go to one this year, that year, the other year. It's teaching. It, it, yes. You don't reject it just because it's old. You yes. Take all of this uh, together. That's right. And sometimes we fail to do that. It is, you know, we have something, the deposit of faith, it's much larger that, than we imagine. Yes, it is. Okay. I, I just wanted to make that point. Well, well, not only that, for us, it is just such an, they, they represent such an important resource, Richard, for us to draw from. You see, we, we don't have to, you know, we're not Protestants in the sense that, you know, we have to read the Bible and search for our own interpretation of what it means. Uh, these things have been passed down through the centuries, through millennia. They are here for us today, and they are here to equip us for a time such as this. Folks, keep praying, keep on your knees, go to confession, go to mass, and join us in this fight for the faith. Amen. Stay tuned for Gary Machuda coming up. Hands on apologetics from our Midwest Command Center.